Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. I'm K-Muse. And I'm K-Drama Jen. Just for all of you out there who are thinking that you want more Dramas with a Side of Kimchi episodes and are impatiently waiting for our next one, we also have a Patreon page where you can go and I don't even know how many there are now, probably about 20, 25, somewhere in there, past episodes that you can listen and engage in, as well as we now have a Discord server where we talk daily with all of the different patrons that jump on over there about dramas, life, oh, so many things. There's so many tangents over there. Music, books. Heck, even some Western stuff, you know, we'll talk about anything. And so if that sounds like something you would like to join in and have kind of a drama community surrounding you, then come check us over on Patreon. And as usual, the link will be in our show notes. All right. So today's topic is a take a look back at W2 Worlds. So this is a drama that came out some time ago. And we just... <laughs> Sorry, some time ago. Um, okay. When was it? Uh, I want to say like 2015, 2016, maybe? Yeah, I think Something it was like then. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, in yeah. that, that golden some, drama time. <laughs> some time ago. Um Yes. And we recently did a rewatch. And so um, we're going to talk today about W2 Worlds. And in this story, a romance takes place between Kang Chul, who's played by Lee Jung-suk, who is like super rich and happens to exist in a webtoon <laughs> called W. And Oh Jun-yu, uh, Oh Yeonju, um, uh, played by Han Hyoju who is a surgeon in the real world. And as always, we're going to start with a spoiler-free section for those of you who have not watched the drama. And then, of course, we'll transition to a ton of spoilers and fangirling. The fangirling is going to be intense because we love sure. Lee Jong-suk <laughs> and we love W. E. Jong-suk. So it's going to be a fangirl fest. So... Uh, let us start with the actual plot. <laughs> Did the meta comic world and the real world story arc work for us? I actually really loved it. And this is back before it kind of became a trend because I think it kind of became its own trope about two or three years ago. There were a mm-hmm. lot of those multiverse or I'm in a book and I'm a character, all that kind of stuff. But this was like the OG uh, of that kind of trope was W2 Worlds. And I remember loving it. It was Mm -hmm. such a fun idea. The show itself was so visually stimulating. It had great actors, chemistry, comedy. I could not rave about this enough. So I loved it. Then I love it now have to agree. I thought that um, it was just such a unique, interesting concept, especially at the time. And there were a couple of things in this show that um, there was a book of art 
And I loved the artist so much that I ended up buying um, a phone case that was by that artist. Um, So there were just so many like really cool, like interesting things in it. But in just in general, that idea of the that whole meta kind of thing with the comic book world and then the real world. And um, it was just, it was new. It was unique. It was interesting. And I remember just like kind of being mesmerized by that and trying to figure things out the first time through. And then on the rewatch, being able to just kind of enjoy the storytelling and the visuals. It was pretty cool. So I remember It came out when I was very active in writing and everything. And the whole concept of the, your own work kind of gaining its own agency (laughs) and taking control of you possibly it, it just, the whole concept just kind of blew my mind. And it was like, oh my gosh, this was written for writers, for people who are involved in it. And I loved the the first half of it and just was in awe and then it kind of petered a little bit in my first watch uh, watch of it um but through the whole thing the visuals carried it and just was so amazing and then i just rewatched it um a month or two ago or i think i started maybe in December and then finished up anyway. And I was blown away by how much it was the, the concept, the way that it was done, the visuals just still blew my mind. Like, I'm like, it's this many years later, maybe it's five years later. I, don't know. Yeah, I remember. So out. I remember where exactly where I was when I was watching this. So mm-hmm. I can tell you that this had to have been 2016. Mm, okay. Because, well, I won't go into detail, but <laughs> I I know exactly where I was okay. when it came out. So I'm almost positive. It was like the beginning of like the school year. So like September, mm. 2016, I think is when it started. Yeah. Well, and this is one that KMUs and I did the recaps for. So a lot of times you, when you get nitpicky and can feel like the different lags in the the, the story or whatever, you feel it a lot when you're doing those um, recaps, but even the recaps, I will go back and just look at the screenshots that we did, which I think that was early in my screenshots. There might even be dialogue on some of them, but <laughs> they're still really pretty because <laughs> it's art. It, the, it, the whole show, it wasn't just the filming of it, but it was also how much of the th- that art that they had to create um, on the screen and everything. So it was... I was so happy that when I went back and watched it, it was just as like captivating. So um, it was July of 2016 that it when started. it came out. It must have mm. still been. So it would have been July, August, and then the beginning of the school year is when you're remembering. That's what I'm remembering. Well, maybe gotcha. there is an Olympics that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that just comes to mind because like the whole month of no dramas because of the Olympics. And yeah. it's just like, okay, I'm waiting. And it I'm aired waiting. on NBC from July 20th to September 14th. Mm-hmm. So right at the beginning of 2016. Yeah. So, uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> do I get an, do I get an award? I should get um, an award for that. Get a 
fake Olympic medal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you a sticker. We'll send you a video. screenshot of C or E Jung Suk and something. There we go. I'll, we take go. <laughs> I'll take that. Although I actually like even Han Hyo Ju these days, I would t- I'd take a screenshot of her too, because I kind of have a little bit of happiness love still. So. <laughs> So speaking of her, she plays our doctor turn romantic hero, uh, hero. And did we enjoy her performance? And I think all of us kind of need to like separate out yeah, anything from the future. And just like we're on the original watch, because there was a lot of people in Korea and then some people out that that were critiquing her performance and she even apologized i think at one point in time of like i'm sorry i'm not living up to i could be remembering wrong but i'm almost positive i'm remembering correctly because there was just some critique but she plays the romantic lead to a comic book character better than anyone (laughs) like she's (laughs) she is effervescent in a lot of scenes she is determined she is you know uh, heartbroken. Um, and I think that in my rewatch of it, um, her character, her arc and everything that she went through throughout just felt so much more, uh, seamless to me. And I really enjoyed her character and her relationship with her father. I think the second time around, just thinking of like, Oh my gosh, could you imagine like, your dad, all of the, we're doing pretty spoiler free, but your dad creating a comic book and then all of that stuff happening afterward and everything. So I really enjoyed her performance both times because I actually didn't have a problem with her the first time, but I really enjoyed her performance the second time around too. So I completely agree. I loved her the first time. I had no problems with her. Sometimes I think netizens take whatever issues they have too far. This was probably definitely one of those instances. But I also loved the second time through because I'm not having to try to figure out the plot. And that made it so much more relaxing and enjoyable for me. Whereas it's just like lean back and let it all happen. It's like, this is so much fun and exciting. And I don't have to try to figure out how everyone's intertwining or who the bad guys are or what's going on. I just already know it and I can just enjoy the show. And the same with her performance. Like, you know, I didn't have to try to figure out or think, is she being realistic? Any of that. I just leaned back, enjoyed the performance. I do remember there was an apology, but I feel like it was like the writer or the director. I think it was the writer who apologized to her for um, forcing her to have like, I can't remember, but it was something like, um, cause she was playing two characters and they were like so wildly emotional um, and she really had to stretch herself. And I feel like it was the writer who apologized, but that was a long time ago. Well, anyway. if anyone knows, write us in or yeah. give us a call, you know, whatever. We'd love us to know. Call. <laughs> yeah, please don't give us a call. So K-Muse's phone answer. number is. <laughs> I don't answer uh, numbers I don't know. So you can call. All you right. Well, <laughs> sure, be difficult. <laughs> it is strange how that's changed, though. Like, I look at the phone and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to pick that up. <laughs> anyway, um, where were we? We were talking about um, the lovely and talented Han Hyo Ju. 
And I did enjoy her performance. I remember thinking at the time that I just, I thought, I, th- I mean, I was an E. Jones fan, so I was going to watch for him. But I actually remember thinking like, oh, they have good chemistry. So, yeah, I liked her performance. And like you said, the second time through, it was just kind of fun to just watch. The first time, oh my gosh, I just remember like doing mental gymnastics. Like, wait, what? But this time, this the next time through, it was it was enjoyable. Um, this is actually my third watch um, because I watched it with my son for the second time. So, but I liked it and I like her. We cannot discuss two worlds without taking a deep, lingering, long look at Lee Jung Suk's performance as the all-around wealthy and perfect in every single way leading man, Kung Chul. Oh my goodness, swoony and amazing. And I just remember like being completely captivated because he had like, he was just lovely. I just, he was, he was rich and he was handsome and he was just delightful. Well, and, and I think Lee Jung Suk really did an amazing job with him. This is back in the day where I remember swooning a lot more. I, I don't know if I've just become surly oh, and like oh, a cranky sorry. old lady or what's going on, but I don't swoon as much as I used to. But I remember swooning so much about his performance in this and being like, I want to go to a fantasy world and find a hot, rich guy who wants <laughs> just everything involved around me. You know, that would be like the dream. And it was so romantic and so swoony. And he was just charming and nice. And he wasn't like a jerk. He was just like perfect in every single way. And so I loved him. Were we chatting then? I'm sure we were. Well, we like texted and stuff. I don't know. That's what I was trying to remember. I'm pretty sure you were writing for the blog and stuff because you joined yeah. when I did. And so we might not have been doing podcast. Well, I, I don't cool. think we, we, were we doing weren't podcasts. doing podcasts, but yeah. I know we were. I just remember. I feel like we swooned. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I think we group swooned. It was a yeah. fangirl swooning. Mm, so, yeah. With um, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but he's been back from the military for almost a year now and he hasn't had anything come out. So I think that was possibly one of the reasons it might've been another Instagram taunting me thing. Cause I think all of a sudden the scene where she's handcuffed. Um, so we're not, we're not oh. full spoilers, but she's handcuffed Did that scene popped up on my Instagram reels. And I was like, Oh, maybe I need to watch this again. So I started watching it. But he he was just so um, you said the word earlier and I would I, that's exactly how it is. Describe it. Now, I can't remember like cute, not cute isn't the right word. Like he was just so fun to watch then was just so like um, cheerful. And I loved it because his character and a lot of uh, a lot of things, he'll be like broken and have a a. a dark past, some kind of tragedy in it. But he also does the characters that he does really well at making them also very like sweet, cheerful. And his smile just kind of lights up his face. And 
I think that that really uh, hit me the second time around of like, oh my gosh, I've missed his, just his type of leading man of like that, like, oh my gosh, I want to pinch your cheeks. And you're just (laughs) like, I just love his characters in that he, again, he doesn't usually do ones that are too, like too much of a jerk. Um, He just tends to be very sweet and, and kind of wears the the leading lady down with his cuteness most of the time, (laughs) but he's very rich and cute in this one. And I mean, he, he doesn't, he's fictional in the other level layer of the story. And so, no, he doesn't have as uh, that many faults, but um, he still was very relatable in that I connected with him and, and felt his pain and he was very good at, at drawing you in. So, so I really, the, Oh, ahead. sorry to interrupt you. I just was going to say one of the things that I remember talking with my um uh, Korean friends about hmm. it that's something that we missed because we're in the we're getting like the subtitles or the English side of things is that Kang Chul actually speaks in a literary style um mm. be, and because he's coming from a you know coming from a book um and so it it set him apart as well because of the like the flowery way that he spoke. Mm-hmm. And of course we missed that completely. And I was, I was just actually, I just Googled it. And um, not only does he dish a little bit on the handcuff scene in, in particular, <laughs> article, the lovely handcuff scene, mm-hmm. episode seven for anyone who's counting. Um, he also talks about that literary style and how usually when it's written that way, he changes the words to make them more comfortable for his mouth. We always want his mouth to be comfortable, don't we? (laughs) In this case, he just kept the literary style. Okay. I'm done now. (laughs) Oh goodness. (laughs) Going forward chemistry was it there or did these two actors fizzle rather than sizzle they had a lot of comfortable mouths chemistry (laughs) they did and i think you can tell from just our reactions like i'm sure we'll go into detail later on about some of our favorite moments of chemistry but they just really had obviously so much fun filming this and just off the wall plot it was so much fun and their performance was really well received by me. So <laughs> the only sizzle. person that can, that <laughs> I'm the only one who matters. <laughs> they sizzled. They did not fizzle. They so. sizzled for yes. sure. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. They were, there were so many like from, because of the way that the characters are set up where she knows everything about him. And then because she just kind of plops in his life and like she saved him and all that kind of stuff. They have that almost action movie put into those type of the life or death circumstances. And and you have almost an instant chemistry with them, but then their chemistry just kept growing and growing. Like there's so many scenes that they light up the screen with you know not just the you know kisses and all that kind of stuff but they had this almost like aura about the two of them when they were together 
Well, and they were funny. It was like a very good comedic chemistry as well. It wasn't just like, oh, they are pretty kissing or holding hands. They were really funny with each other, Mm -hmm. like bantering back and forth. It was very entertaining. Yeah. So the next one is cinematography. And we kind of touched on that a little bit. What made it? I did not get this question. I purposely didn't because every time you're like, why can you use why? I'm like, because I write the outlines and you don't. (laughs) So, I mean, this one was definitely set apart because so many scenes were like the, uh, the, the graphic novel or the manual paper page where it was it was the art on screen and then there's one scene later on in the show of like walking into and you see the that was the, cool the yeah. picture or the painting or whatever of the, you know the comic book and then they walk through and you see the real people and it, like they just used it and there's um a couple of different scenes in the cinematography without giving away too many spoilers where the bad guy is coming out of your computer. And I mean, who has it ever been like watching something and worried that it might come out and get you. And it did like it's coming out (laughs) to get you. And then even the whole concept of like being able to hear, um, the bad guy in certain scenes where you can't even see him and then being able to see the writing of the drama, like a a lot of, you know, at the end of a scene, you could see the writing of the, you know, to be continued or, you know, the end or whatever they just did. It was so well done. And that was one of the things that really stood out to me in the second watch through is because again, you don't have to worry about what's going on. Who's the bad guy. How did how is this even possible? You just get to enjoy it and sit back and just, marvel at what they accomplished when they did that drama and i really like how they um it made it look almost like their clothes were end in Mm. some scenes where Mm -hmm. it'd be such a contrast it looked like almost like a sharp pen line Mm -hmm. to make it look even more comic style so i'm with you (laughs) okay uh well i mean yeah, the, it, this in this case, the cinematography is obviously like a huge part of the drama because it's designed to be between two worlds. And so you have to really show that. And they did a great job of that. I, there are still scenes that are so clear in my mind. So now it is time to get to our very favorite part of the review where we get to chat about spoilers. and fangirl like crazy. So there were some really great secondary side characters in this drama. So I want to start with talking about those that surround Yanju. Who did we love? And were there any that felt superfluous? So first, um, the one I'm, so I cannot remember his name. Oh, it's driving me nuts. He was the other doctor. Uh, um, uh, oh, he was played by the one guy that plays a lot of second, like yes. secondary Tanky characters, young. not secondly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was funny. I liked him. I thought he was. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, um, oh, I bet we're going to see more of him. 
and we have seen more of him. We have. My favorite was the her boss, <laughs> the like head dog, doctor. <laughs> yes. yeah. And he's like this feared guy, but he's so obsessed with her dad's comics. Mm. And then they just kept running with it. Like anytime she was written to the comics, he was so distraught <laughs> and upset and devastated. And it's like, there's no professionalism left. All there is is a fanboy wanting his comic <laughs> to go the direction he wants it to go. And it was so much fun. That whole just running gag the whole way through. It was just delightful. And I could, I just love him. So and we could totally relate to. I mean, I think that was the other thing. He was our outlet. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, one of my favorite scenes in the rewatch, um, cause I thought I had finished I, uh, and then I realized I had not actually watched episode 16. So I watched that last weekend and it's the, um, the assistant, like draw the person that draws with her dad. He, um, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. looking, he knows that, um, she's back. He, they think Kung Chul is dead and he's tr- looking for the dad. He's trying to find the dad. And so he's distraught and mad dog walks up to him and he's like, what is that ending? And like, why would he just leave him on the bus stop? And he's just going on and on like any, like we've done so many times when we've just liked an ending <laughs> and the, he, the assistant guy cannot handle it. And he just screams at him and he's so <laughs> upset and he's just like, I can't even deal with you and get out of my way and it was just they the meta in all of this and we're in the spoiler part but like the dad coming up out of the screen and all of that like his so the dad isn't technically a secondary character but like he was so good i really loved his performance in this and i thought that they really used yeah the 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 assistant lady the second female lead she wasn't the most two dimensional. And then the guard, which actually I just started watching. He's in 30, 39. He's the um, restaurant owner in that. Um, I had expected to see him more after uh, W, but he just, he still has gotten kind of smaller parts, but um, the guard, his character again, maybe could have been a little bit more depth, but he also was a comic book character. So I felt like he served the role that he was supposed to. So I, especially on the rewatch, I felt like they really did well with all the characters that were, they created in that show. And I enjoyed everybody in, in it. Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, you kind of just went into the next one. Uh, so oh. just continue <laughs> talking about uh, those people that surround King Chul because he's a comic book character as well as they are. And I think the real world side characters had a lot more depth as well, but I still really enjoyed them. They definitely fit. And when you're going meta, they fit the character tropes so well. And their like their point of existing is so on point with what you read in webtoons that it just really made the world building better, even if they necessarily didn't have a great depth of character development. So it was really good for world building, in my opinion. Well, and it felt like maybe not, on, but maybe it was on purpose. And, and if it was on purpose, that it made sense because he's the one 
that back whenever he started developing his own sense of self. And so it would make sense that he is more uh, layered than everybody else because everybody else is still in the story and they didn't not until later on start the, like the woman. One of the things he says to her later, I was happy that you were able to live your life outside of my story. And so, you know, she doesn't get depth until she's able to live outside of his story. So I, I really liked <clears throat> that aspect of it, of that. Yeah. They, some of them were two dimensional, but it kind of felt like they needed, they needed to grow before they could be more than just how they were written. Yeah. I like that. I like that summary of it. I think that makes a lot of sense. We go super meta with our leading lady being written in as the love interest into her father's webtoon series. Was this a fun twist? Did any of it feel too confusing? I really thought this was a fun twist. Like not only are you being sucked into this story, but every embarrassing, stupid thing you do is now out there <laughs> in the real world written. <laughs> so like bad. all of the kisses, all of, well, for those that have watched, you know, she goes through insane things to try to shock him mm-hmm. into having an emotional change so she can quit this part of the story and go back. And so she does <laughs> things like flashing him or, you know, there's guns or there's kissing and all these things to like shock him. Mm-hmm. And those all end up in print in the real world, which would be very <laughs> <So> embarrassing. <laughs> Not only are you in your dad's story, you're doing really embarrassing, stupid things all as well, you know? So it's like just that extra layer of meta was hilarious. I think that I was, <laughs> I was just remembering, I mean, some of it was confusing though. I do remember the first time through just like, that was part of what was like, oh my gosh, like all of the just changes here and there. But, um, but that really did. I thought that that added a really fun twist. Like it was just, you know, and how horrifying would that be? Worse than the dramas with a side of kimchi TikTok. Um, Which I think that was a different, I think it was a different podcast episode that we talked about that. Uh, same day different podcast exactly (laughs) (laughs) but in any on any day at any time in any universe dramas with a side of kimchi tiktok channel would probably be a bad idea just saying that's not happening yeah Uh, okay anyway (laughs) um see i don't i remember feeling like things kept resetting and i was getting a little like it felt the the plot slowed down, but I don't remember being super confused. I remember trying to figure out what was going to happen next, but I don't remember being super confused, but I, I probably was, but I still think that like, they, they let, you know, like, I think one of the biggest, we were like, oh my gosh, what is happening when the voice mm-hmm. was saying all of the, like, I'm going to come get you and all that kind of stuff. We were like, oh my gosh, what is this? That part, I think, took the longest for us to figure out what was going on and that it was the faceless bad guy that, I mean, it had manifested because he created, like somebody had to do it. Um, so I do think that there was some of that as the story developed going like, okay, what is going on? But I still think that it wasn't as confusing as some of the others that have come after it. Um, especially since we weren't doing a time travel back 
creating weird timelines or any of that kind of stuff. Like it it progressed. Yes. They had to reset. Um, but I still think it was pretty understandable. And then I did the whole, like her, especially when you add mad dogs reactions into it, (laughs) it was just like, she knew when she came back, she's like, crap, he's going to read this and see everything. (laughs) And everybody's going to be, you know, knowing exactly what's going on. But um, she handled it pretty well. The only thing that I, um, I think this leads into the next question of like, oh, pacing issues is the next one. But the only thing I remember when the second time I watched that I briefly kind of thought of the first time is like, how did she keep her uh, job? (laughs) Like, how did she continue (laughs) to be a doctor who is a a resident or I don't know, like whatever she was definitely not somebody who would take a bunch of time off. So like, yeah, he disappears and drops out at like, she's always, she's always gone and she's always ending up in the ER tired and, and everything. I'm like, how did she still have a job after all of that? But anyway. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I had confusion is, is maybe the bad guy story arc, not Mm. so much the romantic story arc for sure. And I think we'll get to that in a little bit in the future. Um, but when it comes to pacing issues, I think that's also where I had my problems. So, well, that's our next question because back when we watched it for that first time, several of us who shall remain nameless, but I was definitely (laughs) one of them. Uh, several of us had some issues with the pacing. And so did those feelings disappear when you binged it? when it wasn't broken up into weekly segments. And I would say that, so I didn't fully binge this this time, but I wasn't like limited to having to wait week by week. And it it did make a difference. I think that a lot of those pacing issues really were mostly resolved by being able to go to the next episode and kind of feel it all come together, at least for me. I think I had two things really going for the second rewatch one. And I'm not saying I dislike what we're getting with K dramas right now, but I, I, but they're at least the ones that I'm picking to watch this one. And then I also started a, um, eternal monarch. Like there was, I needed that fantastical, like just the feeling that it gave me. So I, just kept watching the next one and the next one. And I didn't feel the slowdown because every episode was giving me that feel. It was like a drug. It was like, <laughs> it was kind of reminding me of some of the earlier days of my uh, K-drama watching where it just kind of had that like really happy, like, oh my gosh, this is ex- so exciting to me feeling that I kept watching each episode. And so it really erased the pacing um, problems that I was having the first time. And when, and when you take a, take away the happiness feeling and just kind of looked at like the plot points, I'm like, okay, they did kind of need these times to, they needed these times to, to make it understandable. Like if we had sped this up or, you know, if things hadn't taken these steps, I, I think I was able to see the plot point steps a lot better once I wasn't trying to figure things out. And then it all made was like, yes, you have to go from this point to this point to get to the end. And so it all made much more sense. And I didn't feel the slowdown. I completely agree. I remember the first time it was all like, oh, I just want to know what's going on with the dad. 
what is going on with the bad guy having to wait and wait. And then possibly there'd be a, a plot twist and you're like, really? But when you're watching it just straight through, you don't have those issues. And I'm watching it and know what's going to happen. So I don't have to figure out whether I like the fact that the dad is becomes the bad guy or the bad guy takes the dad's face or, you know, all these weird things. I don't have to figure out if I like that story arc. You know, it just is. And so I don't sit there contemplating it like I did where, oh, I have a week. I'm thinking about the show all week long. I might have dissatisfaction about certain things all week long. And then, you know, it just pausing is not a good thing sometimes. And recapping because we did recap this one. So we had to not just think about it all week, but we really did have to break it down and and say, does this make sense? (laughs) Right, right, right. And sometimes the bad guy dad did not make sense. And so it it puts you in a mood. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think that we can talk about this drama without talking about the skinship between the leads. We briefly talked about the handcuffs, which we didn't, we didn't want to give spoilers away, but like the handcuff kiss, that was one of them or just the the different times they were in his uh, hotel room, apartment thingy loft penthouse, whatever it is (laughs) when they were together. So did it hold up on the rewatch? Do we feel differently about their romantic journey the second time through? Um, I think I enjoyed their romantic journey a lot more the second time. Cause again, it goes back to not having to try to figure out what's going on and who's doing what just being able to sit back and enjoy them falling in love and then him forgetting her and then falling in love again. And, (laughs) you know, I was able, I was just able to, and just sit back and also think about like what it would mean for you to have read a comic book about somebody for so long. And then all of a sudden they're standing right in front of you. And you already kind of, because you're a fangirl, love them in a way because she grew up with them. And then it just kind of naturally fell into the real world feelings um, and the physical contact. And so every time she was around in his orbit, I think she was. I mean, wouldn't you, if you had, (laughs) if all of a sudden we could be, you know, and you're single, I would young, (laughs) (laughs) you would definitely want to test out the skinship as much as possible and make sure he was still real. I don't need to be young (laughs) at any age. (laughs) (laughs) So in other words, Kate drama, Jen's going to fall in love with a fantasy person and start a TikTok. (laughs) That is what we have decided today. Thank you for uh, following our (laughs) plot threads. (laughs) But we were talking about skinship and we were talking about the um, romantic journey handcuff kiss oh. And, oh, oh, oh that definitely held up on the rewatch there were a couple of really good scenes that really held up on the rewatch and i remember because i believe i've watched them more than just the t- number of times <laughs> that i've watched the whole show um but he this is ejon suk at his best when he can be like when he can be that commanding character and oh anyway 
He's so he's flirty. Fun. He's so flirty. Yeah. He's so flirty and so fun. And, and I love how rarely he's startled. He's rarely startled, <laughs> even though this is all really She's weird. doing everything she can to startle him. <laughs> yes. But once he knows, he's just like going with it. He's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Let's make out. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my favorite one is, wasn't she in the jailer? It was one where he hooks her up onto a, uh, uh, a table that's table. the handcuff the is handcuff. that the handcuff yeah. one? i yeah. couldn't remember if she was handcuffed or not but just the you know how smooth that was it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel Did- like we're all really like sexually repressed when we're watching <laughs> that <laughs> we're like oh so good <laughs> anyway um I think I remember watching the behind the scenes. I I do that sometimes if I really enjoy a couple. So I'm pretty sure I watch the behind the scenes and those are some, you'd have to go find them because I, and maybe I'll watch them after this, but just the logistics. And that's why some of the kisses that stand out to us, a lot of, um, so in Gook's uh, kisses and stuff where it, it, there has to be some smoothness to the, like they have to be able to be a little bit, um, good at maneuvering we'll say <laughs> <laughs> and you this that one was definitely one where you know he maneuvered it, 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 very he maneuvered. well yes <laughs> <laughs> i have no words i'm just gonna i right. feel the maknae judging us from afar <laughs> she's like you guys got off on a weird tangent again <laughs> I don't talk- really feel that this is a tangent. We specifically no. were talking about skinship. Exactly. And I believe that these are natural and normal <laughs> kinds of reactions. I mean, we talked about story structure. We talked uh, about... We've <laughs> been on point. Totally on point. <laughs> we even talked about cinematography. Thank we you did. very much. We did. <laughs> and we did well, say we were going to fangirl. And I'm okay. sorry. But the 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 handcuff kiss, if you haven't seen it, you need to go find it. Yeah. And you need to go watch it. Because I did read an interview with him about how much time he spent like getting that maneuver just right. <laughs> See, so, I told you, you he, he had to be good. Yep, that's, that's right. A maneuver. It's a maneuver. <sighs> so <laughs> we're gonna shift away from skinship, sadly. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about that for hours uh, more, yeah, but we okay. have limited time. Um, so we're gonna talk just end things talking about the big bad who originally was faceless, which was kind of a brilliant, creepy plot point, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And eventually it what did it like suck off the face of the dad or just yeah. rip it off or whatever. So sadly, it wasn't too graphic because this was back in the day where, you know, nothing can be too graphic, but he stole the face of the dad. And so the creator of the comic became the bad guy of the comic in multiple levels and trying to kill. Um, uh, yes. And so on the rewatch, I liked this much more. Mm-hmm. I felt it really stood up a lot better. I wasn't trying to figure out what was going on. I was just going with the motion and the groove and it worked for me. I remember being very frustrated a little bit. I was not high. Or drunk. I was just vibing. 
<laughs> well, you're talking about the motion and the anyway. Sorry, Trevor <laughs> Jenner and I are still back on the other question. Maneuvering, maneuvering. So I was totally vibing with this aspect of the show the second time around. So it really stood up well. I liked it. First time through, I remember just kind of being like, "Wait, what? I want more Ejung Sook maneuver." Um, second time through. Yes, yeah, don't want any junk sook. Just saying, um, but yeah, it made more sense. Like that, it. I just felt like it might have been. It might have been related to the pacing mm. the first time through. Like I, or maybe it was just like I said. I was trying to figure out what is going on. Um, but the next time through, yeah, definitely. I I was like, oh, now that's interesting because he's the you know it makes sense that he would be the villain because he's the creator of all of this. And, you know, it was his evil ideas that got well, set off. And I love that he kept trying to kill him and he couldn't kill him, which was kind of hilarious because <laughs> it sent him into a mental breakdown, which yeah. sadly was kind of hilarious. So, you know, things happened. <laughs> so I actually did think that, um, and, and I'm glad when I'm watching it again, that they couldn't do anything di- different than what they did because the lack of face that they did. I remember my youngest walked in on the rewatch and he was like, ew, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, it's a guy without his face. Like the the comic book bad guy stole his face. He's like, oh, okay. He's the one that watches anime all the time. So nothing phases. He's the Kong tool of like, when I explain plots, he's like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Whatever. But so I thought that his facelessness was creep, not the bad guy's face, but like once the dad has his face taken away, like the way that they did the, the CGI of that was creepy to me, um, especially when he was trying to communicate and stuff. But I felt like the second watch through made the understood, like I understood exactly why, like he and the ending of the plot points of like, why this was pretty much the only way that it could end and be satisfactory to everybody. No, of course we, she doesn't want to lose her dad, but the way he orchestrates him dying and all that kind of stuff, it worked out really well. And I thought that him being at the, the, the ending where he, you know, falls over and then her waiting for him in my memory that lasted like an episode and a half. <laughs> and then when we, we, we watched it, it was like the last, it was 10 minutes or something I'm like, yeah, you can see how a first time of like, just trying to get to, the reunion of you just want them to be together, how it can distort your, your idea of how long something takes. But I did think that the, the, the under like why he would be, why the bad guy would be faceless to begin with. And then why he would take on his dad's face and all that stuff. It made so much sense the second watch through. So we are going to end this, how we pretty much always end a full drama review is where do we rate this um, on rewatchability uh, or is I think that because I don't rewatch stuff. So I'm actually not the best to like say on a rating schedule, but because I actually rewatched it, binged, rewatched it, enjoyed it thoroughly. I would say it's a 10 out of 10 on rewatch. Like it was so much better the second time. I loved it the first time, but I almost think that if if you haven't seen it, binging it will help and you'll probably like it the first time. But if you watched it back when you watched it, watch it again. Even if you really enjoyed it back then, watch it again. 
it'll be another fun ride. Same for me. I would say that um, on a rewatch, this was, this really stood up. Like the fact that it was like five and a half years ago, I was really impressed with just the visuals with, oh, seeing Lee Jung Suk. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the acting, the, Anyway, no, it stood up for me too. I just, I think it was, again, having an opportunity to be able to, even if you can binge just a few episodes, definitely helped instead of having to wait week to week. So yeah, recommend it. And as always, I'm just going to agree with you guys. It's so rewatchable. I think I also enjoyed it more the second time through and I enjoyed it a lot the first time, but I fell in love with it the second time. Lee Jung Suk's so good. And I feel like we're going to end up doing all of these throwback episodes. They'll be like Lee Jung Suk dramas because <laughs> we've yeah. already done this and we did. Um, I hear your voice. The, yeah, I hear your voice. And so we'll just maybe, Ooh, next maybe one Pinocchio's be one next. Who knows? I don't think we've decided our next throwback, but maybe it'll be another Lee Jung Suk. You never know. Mm. all right everyone 2013 anybody (laughs) (laughs) i loved that drama so i think we we definitely could Mm. all right everyone thank you for joining us we'd love to hear what you thought about this episode you can reach us on twitter on facebook or through our patreon page the links are in our show notes We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.